1: and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au.
0: Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode.
1: Upsettingly, disgustingly, we're still talking about humanitarian pauses. APAN, the Australia-Palestine Advocacy Network that I lead did some polling, you can find that on our website, apan.org.au, and we found by a factor of more than two to one, Australians were demanding, want our government to demand an immediate ceasefire. By a factor of more than two to one, they want a ceasefire immediately, which proves that our government is out of step with its constituency. I'm very, very honoured to be joined by a dear, dear friend of mine, a dear friend of the Palestinian community, an honorary Palestinian, Adel Salman, who's the President of the Islamic Council of Victoria. Good morning, Adel. Good morning. Adel, you've had a long and principled stand with the Palestinian people and we we'll, we'll want to talk about all of that. But I want to talk first about an incident that really, that really hurt me and I know how much it hurt you. Can you talk to us about your first attempt to visit Palestine?
2: Look, that was an extremely upsetting experience for me. I was invited to attend a conference in Palestine. The subject was Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Palestine. Um, And uh, it was an international conference. People from all over the world were flying in. Uh, It was approved. Uh, Our visa, our entry visa were approved. All of us turned up in Amman and then we were told the Israeli government or officials had cancelled all of our entry visas. That was devastating. Uh, I was actually devastating. Um, we tried our best to actually find a way to convince the authorities to rescind their decision that obviously fell on deaf ears. A number of us, you know, somewhat defiantly, we decided we're still gonna to go to you know, across the, the, the bridge. We're going to try and, you know, we're going to go to the border crossing. We're going to try and get in. Um, And we did. And we went. And it was a great experience for me because I got to see what the experience of everyday Palestinians are trying to get back to their homes. And waiting in queues and being treated with such disrespect by young, gun-toting, you know, soldiers um, and seeing people who are, who have lived there all their lives and being told or being asked, why are you coming? Well, I'm coming back to my home. And to see that and to see the way that people are so disrespected and humiliated for just doing a simple thing of returning to their homes was a real eye-opener for me. So in many ways, I did get to see life or the experience of Palestinian, every, everyday Palestinians firsthand. Uh, and it was a very small price to pay. I mean, we, I was treated by dis, with disrespect. Um, you know, I, literally my passport was thrown in my face. I had to wait for hours for the, the bus to take me back to uh, where I need to go. Um, but it was a small price to pay for me to actually see what what is that experience of Palestinians.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the everyday reality of Palestinians. Um, Adil, I wanted to set the scene for, you know, you've had the first-person experience of Palestine. But since then, you've led the ICV and been very, very unequivocal in your support of Palestinian rights, Palestinian justice. Can you speak to the ICV's work and, and your position there?
2: Even before I joined the ICV, the ICV's has always been very strongly supportive of Palestine. But it is fair to say that since I joined, you know, we've sort of taken it further. It's a core issue for the ICV because it's a core issue for the Muslim community. Um, and we are just re- representing the, I guess, the views, the deeply held views of Muslims across, across the community, regardless of their background. The issue of Palestine, and I, and I was saying this at, at a dinner, a sun last, dinner, as you know, last, last night, it's a visceral, a visceral issue for us. When we see what is happening to our Palestinian brothers and sisters, and it's happened so often over many years, it, it is something that actually evokes such strong emotions, such strong, deeply held emotions. We want to do something. We want to help whatever way we can. The ICB can play a part as Apan does and as other organizations, as, as individuals do. So the I C V we've tried to channel community sentiment as best we can. We've supported the, the work of APAN and other organizations will continue to do that. And you know we are we are we are ready to do what is required to actually get our voice and our position out there into the public domain.
1: Again, listeners, we're speaking to Mr Adil Salman, Adil Salman from the Islamic Council of Victoria. Adil is the president of the I C V Adil Yesterday's fundraising dinner, you know, it's very hard for us to celebrate. I know, like me, you've you've been struggling sleepless nights, seeing, you know, the death and carnage, the slaughterhouse, seeing our elected officials not representing our voice, the exclusion of our communities from participation in this country. But last night was a little bit of a heartwarming opportunity, a little bit of a distraction from the misery that we've suffered for 35 uh, days now. Tell us a little bit about last
2: night. Oh, look, last night was, a, was quite a unique event in many ways. It was a room full of very successful people from a medical background and other supporters as well. And it was an opportunity, I think, for everybody to contribute in whatever way they can to supporting the Palestinian people. The um, number of speakers, including, of course, yourself, Nasser, I spoke for a little bit, and other speakers as well, and all were speaking about how we can support Palestinian cause, Palestinian people, not just now, but into the future, um, and this is a message, I think, that resonated, that the bombs will stop falling, but the oppression will continue. And our job in community roles and whatever roles we play is to keep maintain the rage, because this is not going away. We need to keep this as a forefront issue, top-of-mind issue for Australians and for the Australian government. You know, it was wonderful to see so many people from so many different backgrounds last night. Everyone can play a part of it.
1: Indeed indeed, and we raised some much needed funds so thank you to everybody from the uh, medical associations that attended last night it was It was really very heartwarming uh, that the reports now are um, over four and a half thousand children have been killed. The death toll is well over eleven thousand now uh, there 's thousands missing, presumed buried under rubble. Israel continues the slaughter unchecked overnight uh, overnight macron. Uh, made a um, in an interview called for uh, Israel to kill less women and children whilst ensuring that he had caveated everything with Israel's right to self-defence, which we know is Israel's right to perpetuate a genocide. How long do you think before we see a change in, in our government's policy? Do you have any hope? I know um, some Muslim leaders have been speaking to... Um, our, our parliamentarians. Is there any optimism or sign there?
2: Look, I think also the, the, the politicians are very clear about what they should do, what's the right thing to do. But I think political imperatives stop them from taking that necessary step. And there's a lot of weasel words, a lot of caveats. I mean, I think Australia, if, if the United States calls for a ceasefire, then I think immediately you'll see Australia calling for a ceasefire, which is very disappointing. We'd like to think the Australian government would be leading on this pushing the United States to call for a mini ceasefire. Sadly, the reality is that they probably won't. The sad reality for us here in Australia is that the Australian government is still heavily influenced by the Zionist narrative. We have a lot of work to do to try and change that, and that's not something that will change overnight. The events of the last few weeks are actually pushing it in the right direction. We may not win this round, but, inshallah, we'll win the next round. And I think that's, that's the
1: challenge for us. And it's something that we have to keep working on, and we spoke about it yesterday, Adel, is that the the barbarous assault that is occurring on Palestine today, that we need to be harnessing this energy for when things get back to quote-unquote normal. Um, and quote-unquote normal for, the, for this year, from the start of January to the 6th of October, was 250 Palestinians getting killed, a Palestinian every 18 hours. That that quote-unquote normal, can't be normal. That once this killing spree is over, once this genocide is over, that we harness the energy that we have today in the streets, the energy we have in political spaces, the energy we have in op-eds and letter-writing campaigns, that we harness this energy and continue to mobilize so that it doesn't go back to Israel's normal normal, which is abnormal. Adel, from your perspective the the Islamic community and you spoke about how the the connection is visceral. What 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 can we be doing from an action point of view? I mean, a lot of uh, Muslims, a lot of Australian Muslims are are possibly first generation Muslims. You know, increasingly, you know, we're getting we're making our own second and third generations. Under you and I, they are more cognizant of their place in our democracy and in how it works and. Um, activated in universities, etc., and the unions. How do we make our first generation Muslims, who, who predominantly have come from despotic type regimes, you know, where they fear the state, they fear police. How do we get them activated politically?
2: Well, I think you you, you sort of mentioned what you know a potential solution. Then I said so that is activating our youth because it's the youth that's going to push the first generation. So you're absolutely right. I mean, we we must maintain our work, our efforts, you know, in all different areas. You asked me the question, what what can the ICV do? I mean, one thing the ICV has done, and this predates October the 7th, we've said to all of our member societies and to Muslim community organisations across Australia, if you are meeting with a politician, an MP or a minister, about any issue, it could be an issue completely unrelated to Palestine, that's fine, but make sure Palestine is on your agenda because it always is. When the ICV meets with politicians and ministers, one of the items is also is always Palestine. And it's really important that we maintain that level of political discussion and dialogue going, consistently reinforcing the same message, that Palestine is a core issue for us and that you must respect our aspirations for Australia to take a more even-handed approach and Australia to take meaningful steps towards um, supporting Palestinian aspirations for self-determination. So that's one thing we're doing. Another thing that we've done, and it's a, it's, a, it's a small thing, but the ICV, we hold an annual dinner this time of year. Every year, it's normally a celebration dinner. We've actually cancelled it for the first time, apart from the COVID years. We've cancelled our annual dinner, and the, and the reason what, that we've told people is we're cancelling it because of what's happening to our Palestinian brothers and sisters. That's a very powerful message that the ICV is sending. That, that annual dinner is attended by government ministers, by a whole cross-section of the multi-faith, multicultural communities, the majority of people that attend the annual dinner are not Muslim. So for us actually to cancel that dinner and tell them the reason why we're cancelling it, that sends a very strong message. You know, we're working with MSAs, and I think there's a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope in the MSAs. They're so active. They're so passionate.
1: So the MSA, Muslim Student Association, it?
2: Yes, that's right. Um, They just need some assistance in terms of direction, and how to get organised and a platform to actually magnify their voices. and That's something the ICB can do. I know APN can do. And we need to continue doing working that. I know all of the young people that, that I deal with, you know, um, through the ICB and otherwise, they want to get active and busy in, in this space. We just need to provide a, a means which they can activate themselves and, and, as I said, guide and direct them. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. Music Because The Palestinian
1: fight isn't just the Palestinians fight, it's all our fight because it's a fight not just about land, it's about a fight for freedom.
0: Everybody should be standing here
2: today saying free Palestine.
1: Solidarity with our Palestinian brothers and sisters, on behalf of the Gumbanja Nation, my people who've never ceded their sovereignty. We should be recognizing
0: Palestine as a state and recognizing the rights of Palestinians.
1: We stay tuned, stay radical. We're hearing you know all over the front page of all the mainstream media about the rise of anti-Semitism. And, you know, we have to be very clear, there is no room for anti-Semitism in our movement and anti-Semitism and racism of any type is uh, unacceptable, any sort of hate. Um, but we're hearing about the rise in anti-Semitism. What about, can you talk to us about uh, Islamophobia, What what's happening in that space? Yeah,
2: there has been an absolute spike um, in hate directed towards Muslims, um, towards Muslim, um, mos- towards mosques, towards Muslim individuals. Um, there's been um, some, you know, abuse hurled at Muslims' universities, at schools, because of, you know, their perceived support for um, Palestinians. And I think there's, a, there's an indirect and subtle form of Islamophobia in Asia which I want to speak about, and that is where people feel that they need to self-censor. People need to self-censor because of fear of backlash, from their employer or the university or their school because of their because of their support for Palestine. This is a form of, of, of subtle Islamophobia because for people not to be able to express the legitimate views and feeling that if they did that then they would be attacked because they're a, a terrorist sympathiser or they're a, a Muslim who's, who's not welcome and that is a, an unsafe place to be for Muslims across the board and I think what, we've, what we're hearing is that a lot of Muslims are feeling quite unsafe, a lot of Muslim students are feeling unsafe because of the messaging coming out from the institutions in which they attend that is so one-sidedly you know, uh, supportive of Israel and so one-sidedly condemning of the actions taken by the Palestinians. So this is, a, this is, as I said, this is an indirect form of Islamophobia, but it is real.
1: It is very, very real. I attended a meeting in one of the universities, and was speaking to the vice chancellor about whether or not they might adopt the flawed definition of antisemitism, the IHRA definition of antisemitism. And while we're there, we should talk about Melbourne University, just very quickly, who adopted the IHRA definition of antisemitism and said, "Don't worry, we're also going to work up a definition of Islamophobia, as if only Muslims would be impacted uh, by." Uh, The curtailing of free speech around um, Israel as if Palestinians couldn't be Christian, Palestinians couldn't be anything else. The Palestinians couldn't be, in fact, Jewish. But I was in this meeting with this Vice-Chancellor and the uh, student of that university said, you know, I'm Palestinian and this is, uh, let me tell you about my experience at the university in first year. Um, She very uh, hijabi, an obvious Arabic name. Uh, Her lecturer, who was obviously an Australian Jew, said to her, where are you from? And she's an 18-year-old girl, in a hijab, first year of uni. She went, uh, uh, Lebanon. There is another layer of racism that exists within the power structures that exist in Australia, and that's that anti-Palestinian racism. But it creates a self-censorship where our children, our children, Palestinian children, don't identify as Palestinian, for fear of the repercussions to their career, their academic opportunities, are uh, the spaces where they might feel safe in. I, I know the impact, and I, you know, certainly somebody described it to me as September twelfth um, from a uh, from an, a Muslim's point of view in the policing of. Uh, I've had people tell me that they've had calls from ASIO um, with respect to our activities already, that we've been, you know, othered beyond. Peter Dutton's telling us we should leave or that anybody that protests, quote-unquote, under the Hamas flag doesn't belong in this country. Is there a way we can elevate these voices and, and create some space to them? Are we talking to, to governments about that?
2: You and I and also, we attended a meeting with our Premier here in Victoria where we actually spoke about some of these things. And we spoke about the importance of, of clear messaging and leadership coming from our political leaders. Um, we spoke about, you know, that legitimate protest is, is something that should not be condemned is our right. I think we just have to continue to speak loudly, speak clearly, and speak with very consistent messaging. Whoever we are, supporting Palestine, protesting for Palestine, on the streets or otherwise, we are doing this to support the Palestinian people. It's a humanitarian issue. It's about justice. It's about self-determination. It's got nothing to do with hate. We don't hate anybody. Uh, we just have to keep reinforcing that message. And I, I, I grew up in a time, I was, I was raised here in Australia. I grew up in a time where mention of the of the Palestinians would bring mention of the PLO, would bring mention of, you know, hijackings of planes and terrorism. That was the only way in which Palestinians were viewed through the lens of terrorism and hijacking and yes, Arafat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Things have changed since then. I mean, we've moved in some ways, but we, we, you know, in some ways we haven't moved. There is still this conflation between terrorism and violence and the Palestinian cause. We need to separate that. We need to separate that and make it very clear that there is only one side here who is oppressed and there's one side doing the oppression. oppression. And we need to come back to message, and that's something we spoke about last night also at the dinner. That's why framing is so important. We cannot accept the framing given to us or that they try to impose upon us. This is about the legitimate aspiration... To the, for the Palestinian people. It's a human rights issue. It's a justice issue. It's got nothing to do with hatred of Jews. It's all to do with hatred of Zionism and the genocidal policies of the Israeli government and the Israeli military. So we're just going to be consistent. So I mean, it's, it's, and it's upon all of us, just you, me, all people of, of, you know, with position of influence to keep reinforcing that message with our political leaders, with the media, you know, media messaging so important. So important, and it's been so important in relation to you know uh, Islamophobia and terror and you know terrorism after September eleven. We have to ch- we've had to change our narrative completely in talking to the-, to the media. We don't accept the narrative that we have to condemn before we can move on. Um, and I- I've been so impressed in the way that people who've been interviewed by the media are not willing to play the game of condemning Hamas and then we can move on in the conversation. No, we're not going to con- we're not going to condemn. We're here to talk about the, what Israel is doing to, you know, to the Palestinians, their genocide policies, their war crimes. Let's talk about that, and then we'll talk about condemning. So I think it's about framing. I think we could be consistent, nicer, and strong.
1: Absolutely. Uh, that's Adel Salaman, the president of the Islamic Council of Victoria. Thanks so very much for joining us, Adel.
2: Thank you, Nasser. I appreciate it.
1: You take care, mate. A dear, dear friend of Palestine and a a great, great human being, Mr. Mr. Adar Salman. Listeners, if you've been watching the mainstream media or listening to the mainstream media, you'll understand uh, the absolute concerted campaign to discredit and demonize me, to uh, cast me as some sort of villainous anti-Semite, as a supporter of terror, uh, etc. And this is because our voice is cutting through. It is because the call for justice for Palestine is being heard. It's because your participation in our rallies, our rally tomorrow, your participation in letter writing campaigns, in signing on to statements uh, and petitions, into uh, mini, mini and micro actions of Uh, walking into your local MP's office and demanding to speak to them and asking why they don't demand an immediate ceasefire, that all of this work that we've been doing collectively is cutting through and they are desperately, desperately trying to make sure that we are not getting heard. And as the most visible spokesperson for Palestine, um, the attack has been directed vehemently and directly at me and my family, and I want all of you to know, we will not be broken. Palestine will not be conquered. We, an indigenous people, like our indigenous brothers and sisters here, are unconquerable. Our connection to our dirt is eternal. It's founded in the fact that our families tended that soil and are buried in that soil that fed us. We will not be beaten. So Zionists could try, fail, we will be here forever forever. Don't forget to come along tomorrow, 12 o'clock, at the State Library. Join tens of thousands. The Guardian said it was the largest protest since the Iraq War, up to 100,000. Let's make it 200,000, Melbourne. Come along, join us. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Freedom
0: for Gaza, freedom for every child, mother and father Who are being bombed by the bombs of Obama And bursting out tears while you're bursting out with laughter Freedom for Palestine, freedom for Gaza Freedom for every child, mother and father Who are being bombed by the bombs of Obama And bursting out tears while you're bursting out with laughter Free Palestine and lay down your weapons This is for the innocent souls that went to heaven Cause what happened in America on 9-11? in Palestine 24-7. Sing it. Free free, 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 Palestine. 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 You might think carrying a weapon makes you tougher, but in Palestine, kids carry weapons to protect their mother. I don't mean guns or bombs, I mean stones. They throw them at tanks, but the tanks crush their bones. They shoot against unarmed people with guns and drop bombs on moms right in front of their sons, so why important Israeli products I would deport them Killing the innocent I will never support them The Zionists and Jews Are different types of people The Jews ain't bad But the Zionists are evil Even the rabbis know The Zionists are crazy We take life for granted But they're killing newborn babies Freedom won't be achieved Until they feel the same pain Palestinian shower tears Pouring down like rain Every word is a fact Not one was an opinion When I say free Palestine I'm talking for billions Free Palestine And lay down your weapons this is for the innocent souls that went to heaven Cause what happened in America on 9-11 Happens in Palestine 24-7 Sing it free, free, Palestine 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 Free, free Palestine, free, free, Palestine. Free, free, Palestine. Free, Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Israel is funded by many, including Obama Then to say that the bigger threats came from Osama That's not true, most of that stuff is lies They don't show how hundreds die overnight Can you imagine if that was one of us? Houses, families, all blown down to dust Many being kidnapped and virgins being raped Many have been injured but none receive any aid Is taken a life Really worth it for just some land? Those who drink from Starbucks surely don't understand More Israeli goods being sold means more weapons More bullets, thank Palestinians
2: every second Freedom
0: won't be achieved until they feel the same pain Palestinian shower tears pouring down like rain Every word is a fact, not one was an opinion When I say free Palestine, I'm talking for billions Free Palestine and lay down your weapons This is for the innocent souls that went to heaven Cause what happened in America on 9-11? in Palestine 24/7. Free, free Palestine. 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 Free, free Palestine.